What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Remember Country Music Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Corbus. I'm super excited today. Um, I actually haven't recorded one of these in like probably like two or three weeks. So it's been it's been a little bit of a of a break for me. Not that I haven't put them out, I just haven't recorded them. So it's been a little bit of a break for me. So I'm excited to get back into the string of things and kind of uh, you know uh, shoot the shit and have a conversation with uh, Clayton Mann. Dude, how are you? I'm super hyped to have you here and talk to you and uh, kind of get to know you a little bit. What's going on? Uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad we could get together and finally chain it all out. Um, it's, it's, things have been really busy. The end of the year in the music business, for some reason, seems always so busy. So, yeah, um, just been grinding away here in Nashville, working on the dream, you know? I love it. I love it. So, you know, it's funny. You mentioned the end of the year. I just want to point something out quick. My least favorite time for a music, to be a music lover is that like middle of November to january end of january february ish mark because no one releases anything for good no. reason for good reason but you get nothing and you're just like no well, now what the, the well is dry well because we spend like the winter time recording and getting right. ready and then everyone puts out music and then goes on the road so right. like, nashville in november like broadway doesn't really die it gets a lot less busy Sure. Like with tours and stuff, but the music business itself for those like eight to 10 weeks, things like just really slow down here. Right. When it comes to a lot of stuff, because I think everyone's like worn out, unless you have like a Christmas song you're putting out. Oh, and that's a whole other thing. We could that's talk a whole about other, that. That's a whole other area of the business. That's a that's an omelet we could just break wide open, man, dude. But it's like, you know, if you're not putting out a Christmas song, everyone just starts really like hunkering down yeah. and getting fat and happy for the wintertime. Well, I'm always getting fat and happy. Maybe not the fat part, but definitely happy. I don't know. I'm starting to get a little bit of a gut. It's kind of becoming a normal thing. But um, the Christmas song thing, I got to get your take on this. Because I have like this thing. This right? is a hot start. This is a hot start. Well, we're going we're gonna to backtrack, right? Because I'm going to- No, gonna, no, no. Let's go. Let's I, go. I want to like, hear all the other stuff. But I feel like we got to start hot because it keeps the people engaged. Keeps it does. That's true. It's it's in, like right? controversy, it's me. So I think exactly. Exactly. See, this is, this is what I like. I feel like I live vicariously through your Instagram stories. And I kind of know how your personality is. So that's why I'm starting off hot. But, I love that. I try to sell a very real version of myself because I've- I'm not saying everyone, but social media can be a highlight reel. So a few years back, I just decided with my social media, I was like, no, I don't care. They're going to get, they're going to get all of me. And if they don't like it, that's, that's a shame, but they will be entertained no matter what. You don't have and to trust like me. It. it goes through the phone pretty well. I, 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 I can, I can pick up on it pretty well. I, I love I, that. I, I love it. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I gotta, I gotta ask you about this Christmas song thing. So I have this theory here. No, it's not even a theory. It's just a hot take. Honestly, I, I love Christmas music and I love Christmas time. I can't stand. This is going to be really bad. I just don't love all the Christmas songs that just come out at once, but they're all the same version of this. They're all a a new version of the same song. And I just get tired of it. Well, (laughs) and I know you're about to say you're going to put out a Christmas song. I know. No, 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 no. I, I, I can't afford to put out a Christmas song. I got to put out country songs and, um, I think, you know, a lot of the older country musicians will put out a Christmas song. Sure. They don't have, you know, another hit in the pipeline per se. Yeah. And then the issue with Christmas music is you're never going to beat the classics. No. You're never, never going to beat All I Want for Christmas is You and Johnny Mathis and 
No. Um, Santa Baby and Frank Sinatra's Christmas album. Never. No one's waking up on Christmas morning spinning Reba McIntyre's Christmas album. They're spinning Johnny Mathis and Frank Sinatra. And if you're not going to beat the hits, like no one's going to recut Friends in Little Places by Garth Brooks and make it better. Well, yeah, exactly. No, never. Never in a million years. Although I I will say, uh, in, uh, in my personal opinion, the greatest Christmas song to touch our ears our earwaves, whatever that may be. What is it? To know what to grace our ears per se. Oh yeah. Grace our ears. There you go. What do you think it is? Take a guess what I think it is. Oh man. um, Think, think country music. That'll help you out. Like country, country classics. Like it is a Christmas. No, no. Good. Good. Good guess though. Real good. I like like Christmas cookies by George Strait. I don't know. I'm I'm not well versed. And I like, and I like Christmas and Dixie by Alabama. Oh, Snow all the pines. I like that. See? Come on. That Why not? That, that is one that I would put on, on Christmas morning. Now, everyone else would tell me to turn it off, but I would put it on. Up in New Jersey, you're going to play Christmas in Dixie. I, and I have. <laughs> I love that. I, love and I that. have. And believe me, it's incredible every single time. Our, our but, family, we always spin the nice, slow. Um, I'm trying to think what my favorite Christmas song is. See, um, now, now it's a question. Isn't there, I have to look this up. Isn't there one called the Christmas song or something like that? Yes, there is. Uh, there's been a ton of covers of it, I believe. We're going to look now. Live look into what? Christmas song. Yeah. Yeah. Frank Sinatra's version. Chest, you know, Chestnuts Roasting. That's my favorite. Kind of All right. Well, that's classic. I mean, you, yeah, you got it. You can't I also, it. I'm also a huge Bublé fan. So like any Christmas song by him is a, uh, is a bend over backwards. Like I love it. So. This is another hot take, though. Is it Buble? Does Buble exist without Frank Sinatra? No, never in a million years. I've seen Buble live. It was a great show. I he, love- I'm not. I I think he's talented. He's a wonderful artist. But is Buble just second gen Sinatra? Hundred percent. Okay. I mean, that's that not hot of a take. Then We're that all doesn't make day. him not great, though. That makes him great. I but, agree. But I he's definitely. I mean, like you got to think. Like if you think about it, right? Like that music probably dies after like Tony Bennett, right? Like, I mean, who? I think, I think right? he, he's younger than Sinatra was, and he's younger than Dean Martin was, and like those guys, right? So like, so like that music dies after Tony Bennett stops playing that music, if not for a Michael Bublé. Is Tony Bennett still alive? He's still alive. He's still kicking. He's like ninety six. Like Willie Nelson. It's like yeah. I don't know. And with the amount of pot that Willie smoked, he's had like three lung transplants. I know. I feel like that's the secret of long life. I don't know. Or Keith Richards. Those are the those are the big three where you're like, man, I don't know how they made it this because I feel like I'm 36, but I'm not. Yeah. I was sitting in my chair today. I was like, oh, gee. Yeah. I'm still I'm like, from the gym from a week ago. What's going on here? Oh my gosh. See? It comes at you fast. Comes at you. It does. It comes at you fast. You got to be able to dodge it. Um, a close second on the uh, Christmas song repertoire, and then we'll move on because we're not even close to Christmas yet. Is uh, the Eagles version of Please Come Home for Christmas? Oh, anything Eagles, Any, yeah. anything all day. I don't care, I don't care what time of year it is. When you get a group of people that are that talented together, I mean, it's uh, just I like the Eagles better than the Beatles. That's so do I. That there's a lot of people who, and you know, I. I have an old friend of mine where we've gotten arguments over the Beatles and I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of shrug at the Beatles. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. But like they, they changed music. 
But That's what were, were they the best band of all time? Maybe then. Maybe then. They they definitely were the forefront for a band. Sure. But, you know, you look at the Eagles and you're just like, man, that's a band. That's, that's a talent. Band. That's straight up talent. Yeah. And they I were mean, taught by like Jackson Brown and Linda Ronstadt. So they had wonderful, um, you know, teachers when it came sure. to writing songs. But sure. I agree, though. The Beatles conversation is a, uh, a conversation uh, that I find interesting. This is coming from a guy like I like the Beatles. I listen to the Beatles. Yeah. Um, I think Paul McCartney and John Lennon, in my personal opinion, are probably well, it's, it's definitely arguable because everyone will argue it. Like that's songwriting at some of its best in terms yeah. of like what they're doing. There's obviously a lot of weird stuff in there that I just kind of don't think about, but like the classics are, are great. Um, but I don't think that they're, I would never even put them in the same group as the Eagles. I would never put them in the same group. And this is so controversial. Like I'm going to have my dad, like giving me a call like a week saying like what the hell are you saying but i don't think that you put the beatles up there with with the eagles and and the almond brothers and skinnard and the history band like i do i I, you know i i agree with you know we don't we don't have any of those we don't have the skinner the eagles or the history no we don't without the beatles but that's the same thing with buble and sinatra it's the same deal it's the same thing but I think the Beatles were the right band at the right time. And um, they were just something brand new and hot in the pan and all that. So I think, you know, they, but think the Beatles were together for what, like five years. It wasn't all that long. Yeah. Most of the greatest acts we've ever gotten, they weren't around that long. No. Which is like the Eagles split up in what, 1980. Yeah. Something like that. And I mean, even then it was like, I think it was a loose 1980. Like I think yeah, they had like they put out the line in 1980. They're like, we're done, we're good. There's a lot of drama between those four men. There's a lot of drama, dude. For guys, uh, I feel like they always had problems going on. Yeah. You know, they say that um Yoko women are dramatic, but if you look at men in bands, that's drama. That's true. That's a good point. There's so much drama with men. I'm not saying my band and I we have drama, we definitely have moments, but I think when you get that many egos with that much money and that much success and that the whole era of sex, drugs, and rock and roll, it was like, yeah, of course they all got in each other's way. And they all, sure. but then I get sad because I'm like, how many songs did we miss out on that could have been written? And you that's know, I'm a giant Skinner fan. And I'm like, how many great Skinner songs did we miss out on because of that stupid plane crash? Dude, you know? I'm a massive Skinner fan. I think about that all the time. Yeah, I'm the guy who's like, I want the four record. Like I, so I've like obviously I, I listen to a lot of vinyl, but I, that's not obvious. But I say it here a lot, so I guess to people listening, it is obvious. But I uh, am the kind of guy who's like, I want the four records before the plane crash. And I mean, if I get the other stuff, cool. But I want the four. I want to make sure I have that four, and I got three. Which is shocking because that's that's not that many songs. No, not at all. But that's why they were so good, dude. You got to think about that. They were so good in that short time. I know. And it, it what, which it's just, just like, it messes with your head because it's like in the modern music business, it's like, we need all this and all that. And then like back then they're like, yeah, you know, we're going to put out seven song records. Yeah. And, you know, and all they did was play them live all the time. But it was a whole different world, obviously. back sure. then. But I always commended bands like that, that had the willingness to sit down in a room for 10 hours and chisel out a song. You know, like when they, I think when they wrote uh, Sweet Home Alabama, Ed King wrote the lick. 
Yep. And Ronnie Van Zandt um, said, keep playing the lick over and over again. Yep. And they sat there and they played it for hours. And then Van Zandt just wrote down the lyrics and probably, you know, probably took them a whole day. I don't know. Maybe it didn't, but that, you know, that, that era of songwriting is so much different from the modern era of songwriting. Do you also think that, um, that the reason why it is different is because like now, and I've heard some opinions on this like little side statement, but now I feel like uh, people write songs a hell of a lot quicker and come up with melodies a hell of a lot quicker because they're hearing stuff and new stuff all the time. It's a constant carousel of just moving in a circle. You're always listening to stuff, but like in the seventies and in the sixties, whatever you had to turn on a radio and just kind of hear the right stuff. And you were kind of hearing the same stuff uh, and you weren't getting as many new songs and projects unless you had the full record, right? I think I do agree with most of that. And I think nowadays there's a pressure to write in a box yeah, and creative freedom, sure. um, especially in the upper echelon of the music business. Um, there's a lot of guys in suits smoking cigars, deciding what's good and bad. And nothing, but you know, whatever. And um, back then, what people don't realize is in the 60s and 70s, the national radio wasn't a thing yet. So if you were a 20 year old in Jacksonville, Florida, like the Skinner boys, you were listening to Jimi Hendrix and Charlie Daniels and country music and Southern rock blues. Yep. So you weren't going to hear an Eagles record on the radio in Jacksonville, Florida. Sure. You were going to hear an Eagles record on the West side of the country. Right. So American music in that time was much more regional Right. at the moment so you could only soak up as much as your region you know when billy joel put out piano man in 77 <laughs> you know elvis was putting out a record in memphis and right. that you know that affects that affects the region in which the music comes from right so i think back then music was much more of a uh, a regional thing and there was a lot more uh personality to parts of the country the music it pertained to right and but now now with spotify and all this it's you know, the colors have been dumped in one bucket. Now we just have a bucket full of gray water sometimes. So, <laughs> wow, that was a that was a little bit of a deep st- saying there. I like that. <laughs> now we got. Just well, a gray I, I'm a big defender of the integrity of of uh, what music is. It's like people are. Right. It's a hot take. Everyone's like, "What's country? What's pop?" It's like, why don't you just call it what it is? Like, why why would you even care? Yeah. Well, that's that's a statement. I agree. I'm if with. It walks like a duck and it talks like a duck. Probably a duck, sure, sure. Like a goose. So it's like sure. instead of in the modern music business of being like, let's try and be everything. You like, what if you just got really good at what you did? Right. You but know? that being said, like, like there's something to be said about that, right? Because like, just getting good at what you what, what you're good at, right? And what you think it is, then do it. Then do it well. Don't try and teeter into both pools, right? Like, figure out to to. You know, there's, there's the dabbler is a dangerous thing. The dabbler is a dangerous thing. I agree. It's like if you're gonna, and that that's why I hate the whole like, um, like the conversation. Like what I hear a lot up here a lot is like, like, con- this is a common thing up here. It's like country music are just guys who wanted to be rock stars but couldn't hack it. And I'm like, then you try. This is a very common thing up here, and you should see what my face looks like when people say that because they have no yeah. goddamn idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, 
you take a really good country music singer and songwriter and they blow out whatever you're hearing on the radio right now guaranteed without a doubt hands down don't even talk to me about anything else you're wrong you're wrong yeah um so i i that's 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 where i stand i think like if you're good at something go for it and go for it 100 there's no need to play all the playing fields when you can be really good at one position you know what i mean yeah then there there's that you know people there's a certain fear factor and oh this is me because sometimes people get to that point in their life and they're like oh shit this is me yeah and you know you really have to eat that and it might work and it might not yeah but i you know i don't know names but i know there are certain people in the music business who maybe aren't fully themselves and they're wildly successful yeah at doing that and you know good for them if that if that's what they want to do but i think uh you do have to give up a part of your uh self in this business because in reality, songwriters and artists, we make art selfishly for other people. Right. You know, we sit down at a, a piano or with a guitar or with a pen and paper, and we make songs that are our stories, but we have to find a way to sell those to other people. Right. You know? And you got to make people believe in what you're selling. I mean, that's probably the hardest part. It's like you have to make people hear you and say, okay, this is, this is what I'm doing. Yeah, I am. And they got it. They got to believe you or there's nothing. Uh, An important quote I heard was, um, you can hide a lie, but people always smell bullshit. (laughs) That's right. I've been saying that for weeks, actually. That's that's very relevant in the time we live in. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's, it's, you know, you just gotta, once you, you know, and artists are always evolving and changing because you're not necessarily finding out what you are. And you don't have to be an artist to do this. You just, we wake up every day and we're very cognitive of what we're not. We're trying right. to figure out what we're not. You know, I've even gone through phases of that. Like I grew up in Northern Illinois. Right. And then when I moved to Nashville, I was like boots and jeans. And I still wear boots and jeans, but I try to style it up because I am just not your thoroughbred back road country boy. Sure. And I'm not going to try to be, you know, there was a fate when I was 20 years old, I wanted to fit in. And I was like, I need to be, you know, red dirt, Georgia. And then, I'm, and then like, I kind of woke up one day and I was like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Like, yeah. what the hell? You know what I mean? Yeah. I, uh, I had that feeling too, because I mean, I wasn't always boots and jeans, but here in Northern New Jersey, where New York city is my backyard, basically. I mean, yeah. that's not normal. Do I do it? Yeah. Is it normal? No, and you should, but you should, if you, I don't think it should matter where you're from. If you, if you enjoy wearing that, it makes you happy. It does. You're right. And it does make me happy. I wear jeans and I wear boots all the time. And, some and there's boots. gotta be weirder shit on the New York city subway. I believe, believe me, there is. I could tell you a ton of stories. I can yeah. tell you an ungodly amount of stories. That's just apps, some gross, some weird. There's just some crazy things, but it's true. Like, like I, I think I had this thing, like at some point when I was, when I was like in my late teens, early twenties, I was like, and I mean, not like I'm not in my early twenties now, but I mean like my earlier twenties, I, uh, I like was trying to figure out who I really was when college Northeast. Right. And then at one point I was like, man, I really like wearing boots and jeans. And then everyone's always like, are you going to get a cowboy? I'm like, no, I'm not claiming. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that's what I like. I just like wearing boots and jeans and t-shirts. Like that's typically what I wear anyway. Yeah. So I feel like you kind of just, but you've had to flare it to make yourself. Like I'm not out here wearing like, 
like I'm, you know, I got the nice stuff that that you could wear the slim jeans with. I'm like, you know, the bullshit, right? And I, yeah. and I recognize that that's who I am. I mean, that's totally cool. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. Like you kind of have to figure out uh, who you are. And I think that as a artist, right? Like that, and, and as a songwriter, that kind of enhances your music, right? Like maybe two years ago, you're putting out a different sound than you're putting out now. Yeah. And you're just like playing with stuff and you're trying to find that direction. And it may not work the first time. It may not work the second time, but the fourth or fifth time it might work. Um, I don't know. That's how life goes, right? It's a constant. It's like a, I like to compare it to like, like a wood carving and you're sanding and you're, <laughs> and you're sanding and you're chiseling and you're sanding and you're chiseling. And it takes, it does take a long time to refine that product out. And then one day you might wake up and say, I want to make something completely new. Yeah. Which as is life where you just really don't know what's going to happen, which no, that's the other thing of being an artist is you have to like drink in life. Yeah. And you have to pertain that out to the world because, you know, so, and you know, honest to God, some people want to lead a normal life. Some people do, sure. which is okay. If you don't want to drink in the surroundings of what you've experienced and make it into something, it doesn't have to be a song. Right. There's a million ways to create something, but if you don't want to facilitate that, that's fine. But I think some of us, you know, we just wake up and we go like, I have to, I have to get this out of me. Yeah. You know, artists are weird, weird people. Like in high school, I was homeschooled in high school. Really? Yes. I was homeschooled because I was in a, I was in a wedding band and I was traveling, I was playing guitar and, you know, I had, I had my two friends, uh, Grant and Jimmy. I don't know if they're listening to this. I talked to them occasionally, but. Hey, Grant but, and Jimmy. Yeah, what's up, Grant and Jimmy? And uh, we would, uh, you know, they would take me to parties and stuff like that, or, you know, little high school get-togethers. And uh, I just never fit in with the, with the bros. You know, I just was never a bro guy. Um, now, I got, I got bros now, but it's, it's a whole different grouping of people. It's a different type of bro different different type of bro like i was never the sit back and watch football with the boys guy fair even now like it's oh it's tuesday i thought it was thursday it's like i don't have a group chat going hey what are we doing for thursday night football yeah i'm like i just and luckily i have wonderful friends now that we you know we just think differently artists think in different okay. ways you know so that's one of those things though especially in your early 20s you're like where do i land where right. do i go right and then you, you feel like you landed for a minute and then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, I landed in the wrong spot, didn't I? Right. <laughs> so right. that's how that goes. See, that's great because, well, one, I'm, we're going to, uh, that's a, that's something I didn't know. So that's kind of, that's a little exciting point here, but I, uh, I think that's great because you're right. Like, I, I think that people struggle, right. And trying, they, they struggle trying to figure out where they're going to, like what works for them. For me, like a mu this music thing, I didn't have this, like, I mean, I, I always loved it. Right. But I had no one to talk to it about. Like I, no one was able to sit there and my friends listen to like, I have one friend that listens to country music regularly. One, yeah. one single friend. Right. And that's like ridiculous. And, and I am still miles away from what this friend listens to. So like, even then, right. You want someone that you could talk about your passions with and you want to create that group of people that are kind of like-minded. And that is the only, that is the, mm, only reasons a stretch 95% of the reason why I sit here and do this. Cause I have those people that are like-minded that will talk about these things and geek about these things and won't be like, yeah, I got nothing to add here because we're yeah. all kind of in the same galaxy, right? Like we're all kind of sitting at the same level um, just in different, you know, 
in different areas. But I, uh, I think that's totally cool that, that you, that you found that, that group of people that kind of think like you and, 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 you know, want to kind of live life somewhere the way you want to live life. Um, but I also kind of think it's cool that you were homeschooled and you were in a wedding band, right? Like, so like, these are questions that I need to know the answer to. I've never met anyone that was homeschooled ever. So now really? you can ever, never. Um, so you started playing music at bars in the Illinois, Chicago area, right? Pretty young, right? I was probably 12. Yeah. Which yeah, is, we got, we got paid in chicken fingers and uh, Sprite, which is probably why I was a chubby little teenager. You must have had a nice beard to be able to get in there. <laughs> uh, we, we had a persistent uh, mother and father, like the boys could play, let them play in the barners. These were chill, like biker barbecue guys yeah. and play the bar. And then, you know, you, one day you play three songs and all of a sudden they're like, you want to come back next week, next week. And all of a sudden you're playing from seven to 10 on a school night. That's um, wild. And then so it just who's in this band? Hmm? Who, who's in this band? It was uh, my brothers and I had a band. Wow. We, we would find like bass players through middle school and all that. And uh, we had a bunch of fun. We were just playing rock and roll. And, uh, you know, and then you start growing up and, you know, they went one way and I was still playing guitar. And I, and, uh, I had a, a music teacher that needed a guitar player in a wedding band. And uh, I didn't enjoy school all that much. So I was like, let's do the homeschooling thing. Wow. And I played a lot of golf and I played a lot of guitar because I worked at the golf course as well. So some days I would wake up, I'd work a five, 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. at the golf course. And then I would go do uh, homework all day. Wow. And go back to the golf course. And that was kind of my life for like four years. So when you're a, when you're a high school student, you're homeschooled. Like how, how does the whole prom thing work? I never went to prom. All right. Well, that's I, I was kind of hoping you're going to be like my mom, like got a bunch of people. No, we got in the I went, I went to one homecoming and, and one was enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. That's for sure. And uh, I, you know, it's, it's kind of a, I don't, I don't regret it at all, but it was always like, you know, they held the prom dinner before prom at our golf course. Oh, we had a giant man. restaurant ballroom. So I would, I would work every prom. <laughs> so i remember senior year i see all my buddies and all these girls i knew they're all lining up on in front of the green and in front of the they're all taking photos and all their dresses this is their big you know this is the biggest moment of their life so far apparently is <laughs> taking their senior year prom photo and i'm in my dirty khaki shorts and my <laughs> radio taking out garbage and cleaning golf carts and I remember one of one of my friend's dads i walked i saw him in the restaurant he was there as well and I remember this shit. I think about this shit weekly. And he's like, where are you going to college? I was 18. This is, this is you know, late May yeah. of senior year of high school. And he's like, where are you going to college? And I said, I'm not going to college. No, you're going to college. What are you going to do? Because, you know, the old brigade is like, if you don't go to college, you're going to die poor and you're going to die fast. <laughs> you know? And um, I told him I was moving to Nashville. And he's like, well, that's a dumb idea. <laughs> and uh, I moved to Nashville like a week after that like the first week of June, my mom, my mom and I loaded up uh, the family suburban and my mother helped me move my bed into an apartment. And then she left. And I was like, that's when it hit me. I was like, I was like, Oh shit. You know, I didn't, I didn't know anybody. I didn't have, I didn't have a connect. I didn't have a band. I, I, you know, I barely, I didn't own an acoustic guitar. I only owned electric guitars. Cause I'd never, I never needed an acoustic guitar. Yeah. And then I'm like, 
oh my god i have to co-write and i have to like write all these damn songs like no one wants to write songs as a band and i had to relearn how to write country music and i it was like that first year in nashville was so like so much fun because all, all i did i went out like six nights a week <laughs> yeah. yeah i was 18 years old i had my fake id i'm like i'm just gonna go out and i was just meeting people writing songs meeting people writing songs and it was exciting because i was like it was finally in a world where you're like oh i can you know be odd nashville's like we're all the odd ducks who moved to nashville transplants but now no one's an odd duck in the land of odd ducks now really. no fair so you know but but it's it was, it was an interesting time, but I, I don't regret being homeschooled at all. I thought it was wonderful. I think that's pretty cool. I mean, I think I, I was a terrible. Well, I was a very mediocre. It took a lot of work for me to be a very mediocre subpar student. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like I went to college and I graduated college and whatever and blah, blah, blah. But I didn't like school. I don't think anyone really. Yeah. I don't think anyone who's got a quote unquote creative mind likes school. I think that it, there's always something holding them back. Well, no matter what you're doing, right? Um, but anyone who's got a creative, and I'm not claiming to have a creative mind. I just have a mind that sometimes is creative. But mm-hmm. um, I, I just, I don't know. I, I think that it's cool that you kind of followed that and pushed that and maybe a little bit different around the edges by going ahead and, and, and playing in a band and traveling and, and seeing all these different parts um, uh, of the state or even the country. I don't know how far you went, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty cool. That's got to be pretty cool. It's different, right? It's not like you weren't the typical, like, go to school Monday through Friday, wear your football jersey on Friday at nights, and then go, you know, either ride the bench or start. You know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't do that. And that was cool. Now, at the time, did I want to? Did I, were there some days where I was like, man, I wish? Yeah. When, when you're 17. Sure. I was, there were definitely moments where I was like, man, did I make the wrong decision? <laughs> but having, you know, that much independence at that age, I think it did teach me a lot when I moved to Nashville and all that traveling that I've done is it made me appreciate what I do a lot more. And it made me a lot more prepared because it's a very, it's, I mean, it's a scary thing to pack up and move your whole life. Right. And uh, you're like, bye, here I go. (laughs) Yeah. What's going to happen? I don't know. (laughs) You know, that saying like, screw it, we ball. F it, we ball. (laughs) We ball, man. I still, I still, I say that still. I'm like, man, let's just ride the wave. We're gonna see what happens, man. That's what I I, say. I'm a man of novelty. I love trying new things. Which why not? Which uh, self admittedly, that can be a bad thing sometimes. But um, you know, eat the food, meet the person, say hi to the girl, go to the place you haven't been, go do something you haven't done before, and there's, you know, you're gonna find a lot of a lot of stuff that you really really like. Sure. Because you know, now we live in this the we're all in our own little bubble right. with Instagram and TikTok and all the algorithms we're glued into. And it creates this great dichotomy of we're free to like what we want, but we're sold the same idea. We're you all know? doing the same thing and just pretending like we're not basically as well. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Like we're, we all are posting on these social medias and acting like, like life is the most fantastic thing on planet earth. And for some, it might be. But mm-hmm. I think I go to work every day. Yeah. And I sit here and make this seem like this is all I do. Hell no, I'd be broke. I'd have no money. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. Like we all got to do something extra to continue to do the things that we love. Oh, ain't that the truth, man? I feel like we sit there on social media and like, like I'm pretty real about social media. Like I don't really, like if I don't like something, I'm probably not going to post about it. 
Yeah. If I like something, I'm going to post about it. Yeah. Like, I'm not worried about what I look like. I'm not worried about what people are going to say. I'm not worried about what I'm wearing. I just post it, right? The only thing I care about is if my caption is funny. That's basically it. Like, yeah, I just want captions are a big thing. Yeah. And I just want it to be funny, right? Like, that's all I care yeah. about. But I feel like you scroll through your feed and you see a person doing this and a person doing that, a person playing this show and that show and this show. But in reality, you know that they're doing this thing that they love, but they're also doing something else to be able to do this thing that they love. Right. You know, I, I feel that on a big level because, you know, like, well, you know, you drive 750 miles to Iowa. Sure. Play a, a lit ass show for three hours. Heard that's a great place. Great place. Ames, Iowa is a wonderful place. <laughs> and, and that, but you know, and people see the photo from the show when all the hands are up and all the pretty girls are on the front row and the band's covered in sweat and we're, <laughs> we're rock stars, right? But no one sees you loading up the van in the rain and you're driving at 4.30 in the morning running on nothing but caffeine and nicotine. Yeah. <laughs> listening to every, you're thinking every thought you've never thought before. Yeah. That's what people don't see on social media. Right. And, and I think social media is waking up a bit because this is a hot take. You ready for a little bit of a hot take here? I love these hot takes. Throw them hot on. Take. Social media has sold us the idea that we're supposed to be happy all the time. That, that's 100% true. Because all the, all the self-motivation, all the self-love, all the discipline. Hey, I love Gary Vee. You know, he'll get you fired up, man. He'll make you want to yeah. be happy. But it's like, I think part of being human is, is maybe not being happy. Maybe not being happy. <laughs> maybe some days you're just physically existing in your own realm and that's what you do it's but been I the last three weeks for me it's been the last three weeks for me all i've been doing is existing in my own realm i leave my yeah. house once in a while and that's about it it's sometimes you got to tuck your head and grind and there's you know not every day is about popping champagne bottles right. you know you don't see baseball teams popping champagne bottles every day you only get to pop the bottles if you win the pennant and the yankees you know, didn't so do that everyone wants to win the pennant every day it's like there are a lot of lackadaisical days. Sometimes you got to be like Aaron Judge and the Yankees and shit the bed and not win the pennant. That's when I don't understand. Sir, the Yankees got more money than God to spend on a wonderful baseball team. Listen, day. listen, that's a whole other conversation. It's a whole other I, I could see the Yankees. I bet you that. can. I bet you can. It's a rough time here in the Corvus household. I'll tell you, you that. Guys, you guys were going to win, like, predicted 110 games or something like that. Oh, I know. And then, what, you guys got uh, swept by Houston. Oh, uh, yeah. Which, granted, the Astros, they got a little bit of a dark past. So, I don't know how I feel about that one. They do got a little bit of a dark past. I said I will only say, and I think they're a great baseball team, but I said I will only say good for them when the entire roster is clean from the 2017 roster. And they got about two more guys left. And they're not mm -hmm. going anywhere. So, the Astros can uh, kiss my left and right butt cheek for all Oh, I my God. I don't even know who's left. All I know is I just Altuve saw and Bregman and Verlander. That's about it. Oh, man. About all you got. So you ain't, you ain't trying. You can't. Oh, that's that's another way to look at it. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. At least they're trying, right? At least they're trying to win by cheating. I'm not saying it's okay, but you never know. Um, no, I think you're totally right. Listen, I, I think social media is this thing, and I'm not gonna lie, for a long time, especially when I first started this, I was kind of in this, I gotta comment on everyone's posts and tell them how great it looks or how great it sounds or how great this interview was or how great this song sounds. I got to share all these songs here and there and post new music Fridays every Friday and, and go on my personal and say, Oh, you're awesome. This is a new personal blah, blah, blah. Right. For a while. That's what I did. 
all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I don't do that now. That's a lot but of work for one man. I do it at a, yeah, it's a lot of work for a man who doesn't have a lot of time in the way. <laughs> so I got, I got people seeing things to do, bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I do those things, right? But I do them when I want to mm-hmm. and when it's convenient. And if I truly believe it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I struggled with, and I'm sure you probably have a similar story, but I struggled with a very long time about trying to figure out uh, like the direction that I wanted to take mm-hmm. myself in life, in this, in my passions in my career, like I struggled with trying to figure all that out and I still don't have it figured out. But the one thing I do know is that who I am on this Zoom call is exactly who I am face to face. Yeah. And that's how I am on my social media. I don't try and fake that. I like country music and I like rock and roll and I like uh, baseball and I like hockey and I don't like politics and I like people and good conversation and mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people that live life the way they want to live life, no matter if I agree with it or not, either mm-hmm. way, go for it. I don't care. I'm just not going to lose sleep over it. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I do it. That's how I'll continue to do it. I feel like a lot of people struggle with that. And uh, I, I feel like most people are like that. Yeah. And, but the, the issue is not that, not the issue with that. The issue is that then when we do go to social media, to be honest, what they push is something they want a headline. Sure. Need a headline. And so we live in a world full of headlines where most people are like, you know, we don't care. We just want to be happy and chill. We just sure. want to like what we like. Yeah. And so, sometimes it bites you in the ass, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah. just kind of, you know, that's that's all based on uh, you know, uh, how it goes and what it depends on. But um I need to uh circle here. And by the way, I'm looking at your website right now. The picture you have in the top corner of your tongue on the guitar is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I do like that one. I think that's great. That's your new picture. My (laughs) buddy, uh, Morty Salt here in Nashville is one of my best friends and he's a genius with the camera. And we set up a studio in the garage. Yeah. And he's like, you know, and we have this great respect of he's like, you do what you do well and I'll do what I do well. And he's yeah. the guy with the camera and the lighting and he tells me where to stand. And then he goes, do whatever the hell you want. And you're the guy with the moneymaker face. And, you just and I, got, I got the face and the tongue and the guitar <laughs> and I'm moving the guitar around and I'm trying to be dramatic and whatever the hell. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, we're going to lick the guitar. <laughs> and then I guess I'm a guitar looking guy. Somehow. It's got a kiss vibe to it. I'm not going to lie. I'm a huge kiss fan. So that, that's where that came from there you go and history repeats itself (laughs) history repeats itself it's just phenomenal that's where it sits and no matter how far you scroll it comes with you it just follows oh it's yeah that that's that's one image that people bring up and it's i think we took 800 photos that day and i I told him i was like yeah nothing's gonna beat that one but i listen 800 photos and i'm glad that one came out of it that's all i'm saying it's all yeah it's, it's nice and you know, I'm not going to say I have a big personality. If you follow me on Instagram, you might see a personality on there. <laughs> but if you there's a photo that can personify it, if, you know, without video, photo can do it. That's the photo. <laughs> and a lot of people be like, oh, my God, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a weird look. And I'm like, I mean, don't, aren't the, aren't the greats weird? 
<laughs> That's right. The greats like, are weird. Joe Schmo, the accountant. You don't want to see Joe Schmo, the accountant, on stage. You, Nothing you wanna, against Joe Schmo, the accountant. You want to see Clay and Man. That's what you want to yeah. see. You want to see something. Like, if David Bowie got on stage in a t-shirt or a cat, pair of khaki shorts, would be like, what are you doing, bro? That's right. If Ellen John got on the stage with a pair of jeans and a white t-shirt, what would you say? Yeah, instead he wore a Daffy Duck costume in Central Park to a million people in 1980. Exactly. Now, I'm not saying you need to do that. No. But I always am looking for stuff outside the box. Even if I'm not comfortable with it, I know it'll make me happier in the long run to just push the edge a little bit. And I love that. But if you did have to pick uh, something to wear outside the realm in front of millions of people at Central Park, what would you pick? Oh, my God. There would have to be rhinestones involved. Little Fair enough. On the jeans. Um, there can't be a hat. You can't wear a hat often with hair like this. You can't cover it up. And, man, I don't know. I don't know if I have thought that far ahead. I have a few things that I might could redesign. You know, I, I'm a weird guy. I'll, like, draw out these ideas in a, in a journal, and I'm thinking of ways to make new things. I have this idea for a long denim jacket with purple and white scarves sewn in and stuff like that. Wow. And it's, like a I, would, I, would, I would probably wear something like that. Something, you know, I, the world lacks a lot of uh, color these days. That's fair. You know, a lot of cars are just gray and white and, yeah. and a lot of people are on stage in black t-shirts. And if you're comfortable doing that, that is perfectly fine with me, but there also needs to be the antithesis of people who are like, we want to be a little wild and wear a little color, and which for a guy that could be that could be controversial sometimes. Sure, you know I've, you? I've been called my share of things, and it's <laughs> you you know you choose what you wear, and I I think I do think that women like guys with style. Pro tip for the guys: style it up, buy something with color, buy something that fits. You know, spend a little bit extra money. It's gonna it's gonna be worth it because never cheap out on clothes. No, no, or going especially with, boots. Never. Mm-hmm. I agree. Never cheap out on the boots. Poor choice. No, and if they're good boots, wear them a long time and get them fixed. Don't buy any pair. That's right. Resole them. Resole them. Because I have a custom pair of boots. Why? Because I can resole them. And they'll last a lifetime. Forever and ever and ever. And, and I never thought I'd buy them. If you're 5'10 and wearing boots, you're almost six feet tall. Well, I'm just under 5'10". I always wish I can get to 5'10". Just under it. Hair kind of gets me to 5'10". When mm, it's like I feel you. Five, this gets like, me to 5'11". Yeah. So, all right. Well, you, yeah, you got the, the, the thing up there in the front. Mm-hmm. I, I can't get that. Mine drops, but I, uh, if I wear the right, I got two pairs of really nice boots. One pair of Tacovas, like a roper. Everyone wears Tacovas, but I will say I bought in on Tacovas uh, before I started seeing them absolutely everywhere. Mm. Uh, it was a very new company when I was yeah. looking up them. They didn't have that store in Nashville. They had like three stores in Texas. I had no idea about them. And I said, screw it. $300. Take my money. Have yeah. it. Have that. I don't need it. And then I went to a boot store here in New Jersey. Surprisingly enough, 20 minutes from my house. Crazy weird on a residential street. Not lying. Ridiculous. Houses everywhere. And then just this store at the end of a cul-de-sac. Walked in there. It was like I was in fucking... Dallas, Texas. Sure to God. It's like awesome. I was in Fort Worth in the stockyards. I'm not kidding. It, mm. it was it was unbelievable. There was a bull on the wall when I walked in. And I knew I was in the right spot. And I was looking around and there was a pair of uh black cherry, uh thick ass heel, and 
nice leather, custom made, literally made them in the store. And I go, wow. And I wasn't shopping for me and my buddy was looking. And I was like, oh, these are nice. I totally wear these. And I was like, but I'm going to put them down because I don't want them. I can't, I can't buy them right now. I should not buy them. Adult decision. Swipe it. So, so that's what happened. So I put them on. Then the heel was shooting up through my arch or not the heel, the sole, the inside of the sole. And I was like, ah, oh, they don't fit me the right way. I'm good. We'll move on. Guy was like, if you let me play with them downstairs, will you uh, try them back on? I was like, fine. And of if course, the guy looks at you and says, I'll play with it downstairs. You just nod your head. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Good point. Good point. But he, uh, he did some rework with the sole. They fit. 250 bucks later, took it, and I brought went home with some boots. Custom made boots, 250 bucks. Not all that bad, I can't tell you. It's actually not considering people pay like 400 for Jordan. Exactly. That's the other, that was the other selling point. I was like, dude, really? And he's like, yeah, I like you. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I was like, works for me. <laughs> I'm in. Deal. That's all you got to do to sell me. I love it. Uh, I love to go. I have a pair of Tacobas and my other pair of Dan Post. I like Dan oh well. uh, see i want to try dan pose also I, I haven't gotten around there but i i recently uh christmas present myself is a new pair of tacovas which i won't wear until christmas to convince myself that it's a christmas present to myself but they're nice they're real nice i, um, I wear boots like every I, like i just don't go out in tennis shoes or converse or anything like that i always try to wear boots even see, when it's like 106 degrees out i'm always in boots and jeans see i would love that uh now let's let me run this by you so i i work um day to day i'm pretty sure i've said this before i work day to day in sports television and um it's business sport casual which is like anywhere from like a quarter zip and jeans and sneakers to like a button down and if you want to wear khakis i wear jeans every day i don't do that Mm -hmm. but i wear sneakers to work and then i'm just like one day i really want to walk in in a pair of boots you should but I feel like that's like one of those things where I, that is the one place where I'm not sure. Everywhere else I'm cool. Work is the one place. Let me I'm ask cool. you the question, would it go against work rules or are you worried about what your coworkers might think? The, the, what I'd have on my feet is the nicest thing in that entire building. I'm not worried about the work rules. They're not going to tell me no. Yeah. But I, so I've kind of, I, I kept my love for country music pretty quiet for a long time. And now everyone's starting to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fine. Uh, but if I come in, they're going to tear into me. But I feel like I'm just going to do it anyway. I think, I think what, what's going to happen is that they're going to be like, oh, country bro with the boots, when they're really just a little, little jealous of you. Of how cool they are, right? Of how cool they are. Because everybody wants to wear cool boots, no matter if they agree with it or not. Do Everyone they, loves cool boots. Do they have the beans to do it? Do they have it? And, you know, there might be a cute coworker you have. You know, I don't know. I don't know what your relationship status is. Maybe you're on the hunt and there might be a girl and there goes, well, look at this, look at this guy. Well, I'll tell you, my girlfriend's going to come for your neck if she hears that. Oh, never mind then. Never mind. I say you still wear the boots anyway. It'll make you look really cool. That's all I'm saying. What are they doing? Are they going to collect dust all day? You're going to wear the boots. Well, I always wear them. When I, when, when we get off here and I go somewhere, I'm probably going to put them on. I'm, I'm yeah. probably, I got a nice pair of black jeans on, throw the black cherries on. We're rolling. We're good. We're good to go. You know I think saying? you can wear them to work. Maybe on Fridays. Make, make it a Friday thing. I think so. And I, I think I got to start. I think I got to start uh, more calm and wear the Tacovas because those are like tan calf skin. Yeah. And I feel like that's a little less eye popping. That's more like, oh, he's wearing a Chelsea boot, but boom. No, I'm not. Uh-huh. 
It's you know a full, what I'm saying? And, and you have a flask of Jack Daniels in there as well. Well, the, I mean, I'd expect nothing less. I, you you yeah. got to do what you got to do. But uh, I would say I would, I would go I would go in full swing. I think I'm going to. I've, I've thought about it many days this week. I've, I've looked at them or in last week, and I was like, I mean, I could. It just depends F if it. I do. F it, we ball, man. <laughs> F it, we ball. <laughs> we ball. ball. Let's ride. <laughs> the, but, yeah, let's ride. Let it ride, baby. It's like there's really – the worst that can happen is Joe Schmo, the accountant, makes fun of your boots. So. That's very possible. But I will say there is this one guy, uh, and if anyone who is listening watches uh, or watches the MLB Network, uh, you know that there is a guy who's on ESPN for a long time. Whatever his name is, Brian Kenny, real nice guy, works him all the time. Uh, he wears. He's from Staten Island, I think, and he wears boots every single day. He never doesn't wear. He has a really nice pair of black, and I can tell on the camera. I've only seen them in person once. I can tell through my monitor that he wears black ostrich every single day. You're like the boot whisperer. It's pretty cool. I'm telling you, I saw him once and I said, Brian, I got to tell you, I like your boots. And he goes, I wear nothing else. And I said, sometimes I wish I had the balls like Brian Kenny. Once, once you, once you go boot, you never go back. You're right. You're hundred percent right. I'm telling you. There's anyway. not, I never go out in a pair of sneakers. I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't. I wish every single day I went out in a pair of boots and I will, I'll get there. I love them. Just kind of depends on what I'm wearing. I guess. I don't know. It's a nice little way to separate yourself from the field a little bit. You're right. That's a good point. And it makes me a hell of a lot taller than my girlfriend. So that's cool. Not that I'm not taller than her already, but it makes oh, me a lot more. Oh, oh you're, you're not taller than your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, uh, <laughs> you never know. There's some, there's some insecure guys out there. Me, not one of them, but, um, funny you said the thing about the shaft and then we're moving on because i want to talk about your music but i wore a pair of uh, boots to a college football game a couple weeks ago and i uh, can't go through a, a medical scanner or, or not a medical scanner uh, a metal detector because uh, i wear an insulin pump and it fucks with the waves and blah 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 right so i gotta get pat down right so i'm getting pat down by this uh military police officer and he's patting me down all over like he's doing the, the, the legs and the arms and blah 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 and he looks at me and he goes, sir, I said, yeah. He goes, you got anything in your pockets? I said, no. He goes, you got anything in your boot shaft? And I was like, I was like, I don't. I appreciate you asking me and recognizing the wonderfulness that I have on my feet. You can check if you'd like, but I don't, I promise. You should have been, um, you want to check my boot shaft, sir? <laughs> you you want to look? You, <laughs> you want to peek inside both of them, actually? <laughs> you want to check inside my shaft? If you find something, you find something. If you don't, you don't. So <laughs> I mean, that's it. There's two answers, and those There's are that. Two answers. It's up to you, though, if you want to touch my boot shaft. <laughs> uh, speak now or forever hold your peace. You may, yeah. <laughs> you may not like it. Um, anyway, super sidetracking. Happens a lot. Sorry, I like to ramble, but I thought that was funny, and I wanted to bring it up. So it's all good. I love it. Here's that. Uh, I want to talk about some of your music and that this is kind of how I want to wrap up our entire conversation here. Um, but uh, you have uh, four songs out currently. I know that you were in the studio today, so we're going to talk about that in a second because I feel mm -hmm. like we should, but um, you have four songs out you started with the first single uh, cooler in 2020. And then you since progressed with three more um, one day at a time, 2021, uh, maybe you are 2021 and, this year uh good as gospel now here's my assumption clayton here's my assumption and i want you to tell me if i'm right the first two songs is this rock and roll side to you 
Mm-hmm. And it's kind of what you tested the waters with on the rock and roll side. And this is this is my thought for how I'm going to end this statement is why I think this. So these first two singles were definitely the more rock and roll side of you with like a little bit of twang, right? And that's yeah. that's normal. And then you put out uh, Maybe You Are, which is definitely like drop it back a little bit, slow it down a little bit more countrified but then you got good as gospel which i know that you you have like a lot of gospel influence in you and and and, and things of that nature and it starts off with that steel and that but you know it starts off with all that and i love it because the between the two songs each two songs are totally different from the other one yeah and i love that because i love to see the progression and i'm hoping that the reason that is being is because eventually you'll get to a point where you'll have more of a project and you'll have the diversity and you'll see the diversity. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping that that's the case. That yeah, you're actually exactly right. <laughs> um, Bingo. Come on there. I always try. Cause I can play a lot of different kinds of music. So when sure. I sit down and write, I, you know, some days I sit at the piano and write and some days it's with a less Paul guitar and some days yeah. it's an acoustic guitar. And I am going to be in the studio a lot more, you know, obviously starting actually yesterday was our first day because I want to put out, you know, over four songs in the year alone itself next year. Cool. And I'm going to try and flex different muscles next year instead of just rock or country. And instead of, because I used to be like, oh, I can do all these things, but I have to choose one. I go as an artist, I have the freedom to, put out whatever and it's all going to have sort of a country it's always going to be based in country or rock and roll sure sure you know what i mean but like i'm putting out a song a, like a sexier song in february that we started recording this week sure and it definitely has more of a john mayer um even a marvin gay groove to it yeah and we called it sultry a mixture of soul and country i love that sultry. so and then i have you know 2022 was a long year for me on a personal level and there's a few things that uh slipped by me but i think now i'm beginning to bottle it all up and getting ready to make it into something so i don't i don't it's not going to come out as one cohesive project because you just got to put out singles to keep keep that needle moving yeah so i think this next year I'm going to kind of take all these thoughts and ideas and, you know, I've always got notepads and, you know, a stupid amount of shit in my phone I've written down and I'm going to try and bottle, you know, six stories, six different ideas. Sure. Cause I don't want to put out the same thing twice. I don't want to write the same idea twice. You know, you can write about heartbreak two different ways, you know, all that. That's a whole, that's a whole nother can of worms right there. But I want to, I want to, as an artist, I want to put out things that, show different parts of me instead of just one side. Now, does that scare you at all? Like, does that, does that, does that make you, well, even if it, even if it doesn't now, does that still make you like, cause, cause you know, you do all these different things and I know you play the piano really well and I know you play the guitar really well. And, you know, you do all these different things that really accompanies encompasses why you're an artist in my opinion because it's not just the fact that you have a great voice you have all the other things but does, does that scare you in terms of like hey maybe you're better and this is not saying this is not what i'm saying this is what's coming out of your head but uh among all the other weird things that come out of your head but uh 
maybe you're better at rock and roll than you are to maybe the soul side of things. And that soul mm-hmm. side of things is just like a challenge and you're going to go for it. But does that, is there a side of you that's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do this because I'm not as good at, at it. And I got to like dig a little deeper. Or do you just say, F it, let's ball. Uh, a part of me does say, F it, let's ball. And uh, a part of me goes, I think the main part of me right now is going, if I can flex that muscle, even if it's not the strongest one, try it out. See yeah. if you like it. See if that changes you as an artist. And if it doesn't, you know where your roots are at. Yeah. Like, you know, like I know as an as a entertainer, artist, performer, writer, I know what I can go back home to. Sure. You know, that's, that's never going anywhere. Sure. But if I can, you know, and what's interesting is I can go look at those songs and I can, I know exactly where my head was at when I was writing it when it was getting produced, when it was getting put out. Sure. Like I, like good as gospel. I was in a huge Chris Stapleton folk phase. You actually, I remember you posting a lot about Stapleton right before that song came out. Yes. And that was, I was in a huge phase of that. And when we started recording it, I could hear the whole thing in my head. Yeah. And I told the producer, this is what I want the steel to sound like. This is what I want the drum to sound like. This is where the guitar lick goes. Yeah. This is where the harmony goes. And I could hear all that in my head. And it's, it's been the same way like all the riffs on one day at a time, you know, th- those weren't riffs that popped out of nowhere. Those were riffs that were written down. Sure. So I make sure when I'm putting a song out that I go, I, if I don't hear the whole, not just the lyrics and the melody and the guitar part, if I don't hear the whole thing when it's done, like b- before we record it, if we're right, if I play it with a guitar, just me and a guitar, but I can hear the whole thing in my head, no matter what we're cutting that thing. Yeah. If I can't hear that, then I don't care about, then I don't feel it enough. So what you're saying is that the song's already good in your head and then essentially should be even better once it's done. Yes. And if it's not, if it's not up to that standard, then kick it in the curb. Yeah. Which is great because you hold yourself to such a high standard, which is so important Mm because how many people out there in this, in this industry today that we've seen with our own two eyes, just go ahead and something blows up on TikTok and they record it kind of quickly and cheesily mm-hmm. and put it out just because it gets some numbers now. Yeah. It's and, such a common thing. And that and that's kind of the name of part of this whole game in the music yeah. business right now. But, you know, Cooler was a, you know, I was 20 and I, I wrote that song with my buddy AJ and I was like, okay, I need to put something out. This is a fun song. Let's do it. But I know every song after that, even one day at a time, as upbeat as it was. Sure. You know, that song was written when I was, I think, 21. And, um, you know, every line, is, it's pretty damn true. Yeah. And Maybe You Are was written off a true story. Sure. And Good As Gospel is a true, true-ass song, too. Which so, is the coolest one, in my opinion. But that's Yeah, that's, that's my favorite song I put out. So I, sh- I shared it. You never responded. I'm not offended. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> man I, I get that from people they're like I, I shared it you didn't you didn't repost it you didn't say anything like, <laughs> you should have shot me a text me a call. <laughs> I'll take the call or the text all day I but, love it listen I think it's that. I think it's crazy because you're what, what are you 22 20 I turned 23 a month ago 23 happy late birthday thank you right your mindset you're 23 I'm 24 your mindset how you approach music and how you approach life and how you're just kind of like you seem like a huge goofball 
right? And I can yeah. tell this. Like, like you just seem like a like a guy who has fun in life yeah. and just lives by the seat of his pants, which is um, how I try and sometimes how I wish I could do better at. Right. So, so, but the thing is, is like you think so in depthly, and it's probably just because you've been doing it for so damn long. Like you've been playing for lack of for lack of a better term, you've been playing professionally for years right right so like your thought process is totally different from a kid who didn't realize they were as good as they were until they posted a freaking clip on instagram and kind of got some traction then they said i kind of want to do this music thing you've been pushing for this for so long and like you're not going to settle for anything less than what you think the best product is and that's going to let you succeed you've only been in nashville for do quick math five years Four and a half years, right? Four and a half now, yeah. Right. So, I mean, the world, the road is just in front of you and you basically get to decide how that road looks. And I think it's cool. And I, I am happy to say I'm following along for the ride. And I think that anyone that's listening that needs an example of how to do it the way they want to do it uh, without maybe the quote unquote sellout mentality this is exactly who you should look at because i appreciate that man i'm serious i'm serious though because like like let's be honest i came in this knowing that you were going to be a super easy talk knowing that we were going to laugh knowing that you were going to make a joke or i was going to make a joke and it was gonna be fun right but the one thing i didn't know is that everything that you're putting out to the world is so thought out and in depth and that's Mm -hmm. why it's so good right whether you have a better voice than the next person walking down the street or not, mm-hmm. that doesn't make a difference, right? Because, like, you look at guys that have okay voices. Mm-hmm. Bob Dylan, okay yeah. voice, but insane. Yeah. Eric Church, okay voice, but insane, mm-hmm. right? You look at guys, and, I mean, I think that this person has a great voice, too, but I think that their voice is not better than 100 artists you put in front of me. I think James yeah. Taylor is one of my favorite artists. His voice is really, really good. But yeah. nothing incredibly special, but he puts so much thought into what he's doing as you, right? So I think that's just really important to look at it and say, uh, I want it to seem that I'm progressing, that I'm stepping forward, that I'm trying new things, and that uh, every year following and every song following that is going to be a better representation as myself of myself, as well as basically cooler walked so the next song could run yeah Yeah. exactly it's the way i'm i i I try to uh i just hold the like if you can do something just do it really well yeah yeah and i look at all my i call it i used to call them songs i try to call it art now because it's such a bigger word in my head than just song sure um that when i put out something i want that to be a time stamp of where I was at in life. Even this next song that comes out, mm-hmm. it's called Nothing's Better and it's it's just a sexy song, but I I wrote it months back when I was in this wonderful relationship and it was, you know, and it was a great moment in time. And, you know, I'm not gonna be sad. Sure. And I, I could timestamp it and go, this was, this is where I was. And then I'm just gonna run through and I'm, those are my timestamps in life. And sure. if, if they get 10 billion streams, that would be awesome. And they win a Grammy, God give it one day. That'd be amazing. But if they don't, at least, at least at the bare, at the bare freaking minimum, 
after all this work is I can go, I tried my hardest to give my most honest work to the world. Yeah. And that's, that's like, that's my bare minimum goal. Was it honest? And did I work really hard? Yeah. And if no one likes it, at least, at least I gave it that. That's right. You know what I mean? And if I have to take the L, fuck it, we ball. Fuck it, we ball. (laughs) We can write another song. You know, we've gone through, I've had enough good times and bad times to write another 10,000 songs. And I hate to break it to you, you're going to have another, uh, uh, you know, 100 more. 100,000 good times and bad times. It ain't over yet. I'm still here. So I appreciate that, man. That was, that was, those are really kind words. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm always trying to find every day, just a little bit better at whatever I'm doing. I think that's important. And I think if you're listening right now and you're an 18, 17 year old kid and you say, Hey, I'm going to move to Nashville and try and do it, uh, do it and uh, do it the best way possible. Do yeah. it the best way possible. Don't half-ass it. Uh, don't pretend like you're someone you're not. There's a ton of people out there uh, that I know personally and, even people that I, you know, have very close relationships with that try and be that person, uh, just be whoever you are, be whoever you are. And, and, you know, just like I always say, live life the way you want to live it. And practice. If you're and 18, practice. practice. Practice makes perfect. Practice. practice. Perfect practice makes perfect performance. And <laughs> you sound like my piano teacher right now, but it's so true. That's right. <laughs> If I could tell my 18 year old self anything, I would go practice more so you don't have to practice as much now. Though I'd be practicing the same amount. But hey, that's fair. But you're always learning. The mind, the mind yeah. is an open mind and you're learning. And that's why I can't play the guitar. I'm like a southern Zen master. I'm <laughs> a southern Zen master. Yeah. Southern Zen master. Like Mr. Miyagi, but that Mr. wears cowboy boots and rhinestone jackets. Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> Miyagi. Uh, Clayton, dude, thanks for coming to hang out with me. I appreciate it. You're sick. Uh, I'm a huge fan, and I'm um, I'm really excited to see what you got uh, going on and coming down the pipe here. Uh, everything I said, I absolutely 100 mean, um, and I I just I think you're awesome, and that you you know that they that you live life to the beat of your own drum, and that's exactly how you should do it. And uh, you know whatever music you put out, following whether that be, you know, a song, four songs, five songs, twenty five songs, uh, they're only just going to get even better. So I'm I'm hyped to see what you got. So thank I you. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Of course. Great. Shout out your social media so that if you uh, if you uh, are listening, they want to go follow you. They know where to go. Give me a follow on everything at, at Clayton Man Music, and that's a man with two ends. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Look, you're reading my mind out here. Yeah, I love it. It's 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 on everything except OnlyFans. That's a different username. <laughs> it's a different. <laughs> That's uh Clayton Mans with uh five S's. Yeah, well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to you know dig hard for that one. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody, this is the episode of Member Country Music Podcast. Remember to rate, subscribe, give us five stars if you love the episode, and follow us on Instagram at RCM underscore podcast. New episodes come out every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google, iHeartRadio, uh, it's there. Uh, like I always say, Spotify too, I forgot that one. Uh, like I say, uh, share it with everyone you know, share it with the old lady walking down the street and, uh, you know, just uh, spread the country music and spread the love. That's why we're here. But it's not up to the RCM Podcast. I'm Kyle Corbis. That's Clayton, man. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.